2: Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today we have the distinct honor of uh, being joined by Angelo Mazzaco in the studio. Angelo is a senior business management executive who's performed in a number of roles, including chief executive officer and president, chief information officer, chief operating officer, chief strategy officer, and organizational development. So basically, Angelo has done everything. Um, He's also been a faculty member and a graduate school for 18 or 20 years?
3: 24.
2: 24 years. Um, So I invited Angelo as our guest today because he has the rare distinction of performing highly effectively in both a CEO role and a CIO role. So he has has a point of view from both where most executives are either or and and bring only that perspective And, and often we find that there's tension because they come to the leadership team with one point of view, theirs. Um, So I think this, uh, his experience will give us interesting insight to how how leaders thrive from different points of view. He he's as I said also an adjunct faculty member. Uh, He runs a large CIO forum, and he's the organizer of a large uh, IT conference, and he'll talk more about that. And the other thing that distinguishes him is. The fact that he is so busy and still makes time for local leaders on a regular basis, he's pretty much seen as the go-to guy for folks across the leadership ranks, not just IT people. So today he's going to talk about his keys to success. While we're all unique people with different skills, uh, there are also common themes in the leadership community that we can look to Angelo to think about uh, what has he done that we might want to emulate. And so on on this show, we've talked about one of my goals in this series is helping leaders stay current, that I've worked with a lot of leaders who work incredibly long hours, they're highly dedicated, uh, and then they find that they're not thriving. And part of that not thriving is they've put so much energy into their companies, they haven't reinvested in updating themselves and their leadership algorithms like they're updating their technology or their processes or, or their other skills. So my invitation in, in thinking about what Angelo's doing, because he does stay very current in in technology as a leader, but also as a person who, who studies and reads on a regular basis. So what is it that we can take away from his perspectives. So I'm going to uh, ask Angelo to introduce himself, and then we're going to jump into the conversation.
3: Thank you very much, Maureen. Um, hello, my name is Angelo Mazzocco, and I'm, I'm very happy and proud to be on this uh, this program. I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully we'll be able to get some good things out of it.
2: And so why don't – one of the things we were talking about as we prepared is the CIO conference. You mentioned that that's one of the things you're most proud of. So as a way for people to connect with you and and get to know a little bit more about you, what is it that inspired you to be one of the founders of the conference and what's helped you stay inspired to continue to do something in addition to the many full-time activities you do?
3: You know, that – that's going to bring us to a, a nice story, I think. Um, I had, like many, gone the technical route for my first number of years in technology, working as developers, project manager, things of that sort, DBA. And um, there came a point where I thought that I should go out and get a more of a business understanding. Uh, was, uh, I was advised of that by some people. And actually... Found myself frustrated because I didn't quite understand why the businesses many times were um, not always taking what I thought was the best technical route. So I went and got an MBA, and uh, people always asked me, does that, does that help you? And people were thinking, Well, would that give me a promotion? You know what? The biggest thing it did for me was give me peace of mind because then it gave me a totally different perspective that, you know, it's not about the technology. It's about a lot of different things, even what you can afford, you know. So I wasn't even thinking, you know, when I was saying to myself, why in the world isn't this company using the best, the latest technology? I wasn't even thinking whether they could afford it or not. I just said, you know, it's, the technology's cool. They should, <laughs> we, you know, we should buy it, period. <laughs> so I think that was, um, you know, the, the beginning of it all getting me, to understand that there was more than just technology. And actually, if I can apply more of the business principles to the technology, mm-hmm. more people would listen. So it was a few years later that I got the opportunity to become a CIO. And that's one of those things that I had always aspired to be. And, yeah, I had a plan, but that day you get that opportunity, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Right? Now okay. you have the role. What are you going to do now? Mm-hmm. And I began to implement my plan. The problem was I didn't quite know whether I was being received. I didn't know whether what I was suggesting to my company mm-hmm. was good. It's, it's all sort of relational. So <clears throat> I was working for a large company, very visible in our market, and came up with a plan. It was actually uh, something that a friend of mine, Scott McFarlane, and I had been talking about in my previous job before I became a CIO. And that was that if I ever did become a CIO, I would want to create a CIO forum.
4: Hmm. Okay. So,
3: so the easy thing there was to understand which companies my company that I was CIO of was friends with. right, And – those were CIOs that it became easy for me to ask if they would come and become part of our CIO forum. And this would Mm be a forum where we would meet regularly. It was very easy at the time, too, because this was 1997, 1998, Mm -hmm. Y2K. Everybody Mm -hmm. was scared to death. So it really started out as a Y2K forum Mm -hmm. and became later a CIO forum. And, you know, we tried to Uh, establish the highest ranking technology people from some uh, pretty distinguished companies in the area and um, sort of leveraging the relationship that our CEO had. And he was very helpful in the process. So we started meeting. There were eight of us in the first meeting and almost entirely talked about Y2K. And that eight began to grow because people that were coming to the meeting were saying, wow, I want to bring this person who mm-hmm. heads up, I, w- I want to bring the CIO of the state of Ohio. I want to bring the CIO of the city of Columbus. You know, So we started to grow, and uh, we achieved uh, a problem everybody hits, and that is my conference room wouldn't hold more than 20 people. <laughs> so at that point, we decided that we should do something special because we were getting a lot of demand of people wanting to become part of the group. This is 1997. It just mm-hmm. wasn't happening back then. So <clears throat> we decided that the 20 of us would sponsor and develop an, an annual conference. And now that didn't get kicked off for a couple years later. Mm-hmm. But uh, this this year will be our um, 15th year. And so uh, we have been doing a, a once-a-year conference. By the way, the CIO form now is up to 80 members, 80 different companies mm-hmm. represented by 80 CIOs or IT direct, whatever the highest-ranking person is in that organization from a technology standpoint. And we're now drawing between 300 and 400 to our CIO tomorrow event. Mm-hmm. Our next one will be held April 14th of 2016. So, Anyway, that's the long answer to your question, <laughs> as to how I got involved. So, in some ways, it was out of fear. It was, oh my gosh, here I am mm-hmm. at a company mm-hmm. that is very sizable, has uh, you know over 2,000 people at that time, mm-hmm. very well known, mm-hmm. and we're coming up on Y2K, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I'm in such a position that it'd be very easy for me to make mistakes that I wouldn't want to. So this was a mm-hmm. great way to bring in other experienced mm-hmm. uh, CIOs and mm-hmm. be able to talk not only about my issues but also mm-hmm. about theirs as well. And we still do that today.
2: So, so a couple of themes I hear from this, certainly I think all of us when we step into a new role are, uh, depends on your range of, of slightly worried or terrified. And the difference I hear in you, um, between what you've done and what what I've seen some other leaders do, is when some folks are afraid they withdraw, and they don't they don't tell people they're afraid. They certainly don't admit that, and they often don't seek out help. And you seem to do the opposite. You reached out. You embraced the role. You embraced peers who could help you. You worked with the CEO to to pull this together. Now, you, you may not have told people you were concerned, but certainly there's an event Y2K coming, and we're all going to gather together and, and address that. A- and leveraging your skills in building relationships, in <coughs> acknowledging the, the humility thing, as we think of the Leader 2050 competencies, that I, I'm going to do the right thing for the organization, and, and that's a priority to me over... Um, The bravado of, woohoo, I'm I'm now the CIO, look at me. Mm -hmm. I can solve everything.
3: Well, and and from my perspective at that time, because I I agree, I think Mm -hmm. though at that time, uh, it was sort of, you know, my way of navigating through a new maze. So um, I can't see how you could possibly do that yourself. So you have to have a mentor, or in my case, mm-hmm. a set of mentors, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what I didn't realize until a few years after we started the group was how others felt exactly the same way I did, that they were getting mentored too, mm-hmm. and that I was mentors to others who I thought I was being mentored by. And it was just, just amazing how that all came to be. Mm-hmm. So when you sit in the room, uh, as we did, actually our last meeting was uh, just two days ago. Um, Hmm. Because we do meet once a month to this day. We've done it since that time, 1997. And Mm -hmm. uh, sure enough, we um, talked about some very difficult issues that um, everyone's having. You know, we try not to touch any confidential issues, Mm -hmm. of course. But certainly, you know, we're all dealing with security issues. We're all dealing with collaboration issues. You know, certain performance items, things of that sort. Mm -hmm. How do you get talent in this day and age? And so um, these are all things that people like to talk about in our business. They're all conflicted by it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it sure works for us.
4: You know,
2: the thing that strikes me, and I'm going off script, so uh, pardon me for doing that. Um, In many organizations, back to this idea of fear versus collaboration, people would say either we're the best, so why would we collaborate? Or I don't want to collaborate with people in my industry because they might find out our secrets or they might do better than we do. And that seems to be antithetical to your view of life, that together we're more effective rather than I'm I'm afraid that you might be smart and I'm not.
3: Well, I I think that you do have to honor some of that in certain industries more than others. Mm -hmm. For instance, you know, when I worked in media... Wow, you know, I could talk to a TV, radio, newspaper in, as a matter of fact, I'll, I'll say Omaha, Nebraska. We used to talk to them a lot, or mm-hmm. Cedar Rapids, Iowa, mm-hmm. and they're not competing with us. Yeah. so They're very open. So, you know, within a day, I could find out about a new technology somebody was using just by picking up the phone mm-hmm. and going out there. So that's just the way that industry is. But now, uh, if you're working for a bank, obviously— that mm-hmm. bank isn't going to share a whole lot mm-hmm. with another bank, and in the early days, we really had that issue with certain industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember we had a CIO of a hospital that, um, out of respect, if let's say a second hospital wanted to become a member, I mm-hmm. would go to the first hospital, mm-hmm. and I'm even going to say it was the Children's Hospital. Okay, it's not that leader's not there anymore. Because uh, now we have many hospitals in our group. But mm-hmm. this was mm-hmm. back in the day. And the leader at Children's Hospital, the CIO, um, said he would be in our group. And then we had another hospital, that a chain that was local mm-hmm. to that Children's Hospital. And he said he did not want them to be in the group. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was that he felt he, he would let something slip confidential. Mm-hmm. And so we honored that. And mm-hmm. it happened, uh, you know, in a number of industries. I, and then I remember... Uh, you know, um, Bob Evans' company wanting to become part of it, and we already had Wendy's. And I was like, oh, my, you know, we're going to have to clear this. And, and mm-hmm. both of them were like, oh. You know, and maybe it was a little different at that time, too, because Bob mm-hmm. Evans was more about breakfast and Wendy's more about lunch and dinner. But um, still, they were perfectly fine, even though they were in the food business, both of the CIOs mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. So we we had to honor some of that. What I've seen is over time, a lot of that has gone away. And I think a lot of that has gone away because, you know, since 1997 thereabouts, you now have so many conferences that involve, you know, you go to American Banking Association, for instance, as one example, you're going to come in contact with every bank, right? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of those issues that used to be big concerns are Mm -hmm. less today.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. That again, as I think about what differentiates you as a leader, it is in part that one the proactiveness, but the collaboration and community building. And again, leader 2050, we talk about innately collaborative, mm-hmm. and it strikes me that those that that is just how you're wired.
3: Yeah, the, I I would agree with that, and I can't figure myself out over that because. Uh, For instance, if we need to come up with a solution, Mm -hmm. my mind will think in terms of either the process, the technology, or the person. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: So if there's something that we may not know how to do at my company, Mm -hmm. I can get you to a person through one of these connections who Mm -hmm. probably does. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things that many of us in technology would be hesitant to gravitate to, right? Calling somebody and asking Mm -hmm. for advice. But that's something that once I tried it Mm -hmm. and saw the success I was able to get out of it, I would never go back. And you're right. You know, when I'm um, old and retired, I'm going to think back as the real differentiator was how I was able to Work with others from other companies mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. help me solve my problem that i 'm working on today at my company
4: mm-hmm.
3: and vice versa because uh, you mm-hmm. have to, if you 're going to do that, you have to be willing mm-hmm. when someone calls you mm-hmm. to give the answer you can 't be saying well i 'm not sure too uh, right too busy <laughs> it 's just not going to fly mm-hmm. and I think that 's probably a reputation i 've gotten is that when I call you know people will will listen. They'll Mm -hmm. they'll, uh, work with me. Mm -hmm. Um, I I also try not to take advantage of it. But Mm -hmm. um, I think where it's really paid off is, uh, I I joke at home and say sometimes that I think I helped um, 20 people last year get new jobs, you know, because they they call, they'll now Mm -hmm. call. Mm Because that's, you know, you think about it, that's your most desperate situation is when you're looking for an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I'll get calls all the time of, hey, you know, you know anybody that's looking for someone with good ERP skills or looking Mm -hmm. for someone with, uh, you know, infrastructure uh, understanding. And, well, sure, because, you know, that's the biggest thing going on in our industry. Mm -hmm. Talent is in such demand.
2: You know, it's interesting. I um, led a project that focused on uh, acquiring and retaining talent in the IT field, in Columbus a few years ago, and the the skills that were most missing were the soft skills. It wasn't that we lacked people with technology skills. There there may be a lack of number of people, but within the technology field, they were communication and conflict management and and this ability to collaborate and relate and reciprocate Mm -hmm. in the way that you seem to do naturally.
3: I think that um, some of that is a product of growing up in in this industry in the old days, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, it was expected when you came out of school or wherever you got your training that Mm -hmm. you were going to do everything. You know, we didn't have the kind of specialization Mm -hmm. that you have today. So I think, you know, a lot of the lesser experienced people have a lot to overcome in that way. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk to someone who'll say, you know, I am a router specialist Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, I'm a Cisco router specialist. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm certified in that. So imagine a CEO, you know, responding to that, (laughs) which is cool. We all need Cisco routing specialists, right? right? right. I mean, it's not a bad thing, but it's just the fact that, you know, at what point if you're wanting to grow, do you Mm -hmm. grow out of that Mm -hmm. and get to where you really want to be in the long run? So I think, as an industry grows, as mm-hmm. technology has information technology, information services, um, it gets more and more specialized, you mm-hmm. know, that, and, and it becomes more difficult to navigate to where you want to go to the top. Okay. I talk to so many, you know, during the course of the year, frustrated individuals at different levels in the organization, and that's really what it comes down to is that, you know, they're sort of stuck in that specialty, and we used to hear people say that in other industries yeah, all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, I, you know, you, you dug that hole. And some of the um, education mm-hmm. that we have available today, yeah. right, you know, I, I remember in the days when you became a, a Novell, you know, network specialist or mm-hmm. a Microsoft certified uh, uh, specialist. Well, that then created a perception about you that that's what you know and that's what you do well, mm-hmm. so let's keep you there. Yeah. So you got to be careful. I'm not saying not to get those certifications. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you know, by all means, you can. I, but I know I've hidden certifications too, oh,
4: to be viewed
3: to be viewed more generally. Interesting. Because you know, most people at the top are more general. Mm-hmm. They're they're not as specific knowledgeable. I I could never, even tear a computer apart. It would take me, all weekend. Believe me, I would blow the whole weekend. Right? You know, <laughs> people on our staff could do it. You know, very qui- yeah, very quickly yeah. with their eyes closed, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so I think you have to know where you want to uh, get to mm-hmm. and, and navigate with that in mind because you will get used in our industry. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, technology is the number one enabler, I believe, today. And so the business is going to use you mm-hmm. unless you're aware and are able to navigate to where you want to go.
2: That's a great point, and let's go a break here and come back a little bit and talk when we return about how, how do I manage my career. So you are with uh, Maureen Metcalf and Angelo Mazzocco. We are innovative leaders driving thriving organizations, and Angelo is focusing on CIO, and we're also going to talk about CEO-CIO combined perspective and how to run a business from both perspectives. <coughs>
0: The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.
1: Metcalf and Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment.
3: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America
0: on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guests today, Please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf associates.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: Hi, welcome back. This is Maureen Metcalf with Angelo Mazzacco. We're innovative leaders driving thriving organizations, and we, before break, we're talking about organizations leveraging people to the best of their ability, but also um, kind of using them up in, in a way that if I'm not protecting and managing my own career, it's easy to get lost in just meeting the obligations of the business and not carving out that time to do the things that are valuable to me. And so Angela's talked about teaching. He also has a family. He's committed to the community. So so he'll talk a little bit about how do you make time and what do you make time for based on your career objectives?
3: Sure. Uh, Thank you, Maury. A couple of angles for that. Number one, um, to continue on about the forum, Mm -hmm. and the CIO tomorrow. Um, I normally don't have to go far from my office to attend these. They're usually Mm -hmm. right here in our town, Mm -hmm. and um, I'm able to utilize that as a great way to learn more. Mm
2: -hmm. And you make it a priority.
3: Yes, it is a priority. I I have, I I think in the... um, well I've never missed the cio tomorrow that's a once mm-hmm. a year thing mm-hmm. so there's no excuse to miss mm-hmm. that but in the um, um, even more years 20 years that mm-hmm. we've been doing the cio mm-hmm. forms I missed two wow and uh, you know it's we, we keep the date we don't we don't I think we moved one or two one time so that mm-hmm. we could combine it with a, a golf outing that's not okay. something we normally yeah. do but so the the golf place wouldn't do it on the day that we normally meet mm-hmm. so but two moves and 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 then i i missed two meetings because mm-hmm. of you know something personal that happened or mm-hmm. uh in one case it was a business meeting i did have mm-hmm. to go to so it is a priority cuz i get a lot out of it i i feel i get a lot out of it um that's like the the teaching um mm-hmm. i've taught for 24 years and um that usually has been one night per week over a 14-week period. That's typically mm-hmm. what a semester is. So that's quite a commitment. And I remember mm-hmm. when I first started trying to get in good with the university uh, administration and doing two classes, and I almost killed <laughs> myself doing that. It's that's a lot of work, especially doing you know a regular yeah. a regular job. And you know most of us in technology don't work from you know, nine to five, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, right? Yeah. So, um, but here's the way I figured. My preparation for classes Mm -hmm. are better than any training class that I can go to.
4: Okay.
2: So it's an investment in staying current.
3: It's an investment in staying current. And, what I, uh, I always called myself an integrator for a long time and that mm-hmm. you know what i'm trying to do is get myself educated at the same time educate my class mm-hmm. at the same time minimize you know my my time away from work because i enjoy yeah. going to work so integrating those three mm-hmm. things you come up with well teaching at the, the and and i get to teach at the masters mm-hmm. level which is just phenomenal because you've got these people who are just so hungry mm-hmm. for knowledge Mm-hmm. And I probably learn as much in any class mm-hmm. as any one of my students. You know, and I'm, the thing about an MBA program, which is what I teach in, teaching mm-hmm. the technology in an MBA program, I've got an engineer sitting next to a business owner, mm-hmm. you know, sitting next to a uh, nurse, sitting mm-hmm. next to, you know, it an just attorney. goes, yeah. sitting next, because everybody is wanting to get more business knowledge. It is so key. So I think those are the things that are important. Mm -hmm. Um, Beyond educating yourself, um, making sure you're doing what you're Mm -hmm. doing, what you need to do in order relationships that are going to be important to you down the road, Mm -hmm. especially in business, then there are other things too. Uh, Community, you know? Mm -hmm. And community is a great... And what I mean by community... um, is serving on a board, for instance, uh-huh. for a nonprofit.
2: And you've done a lot of that, right?
3: Yes, um, and actually helped to create one nonprofit and uh, a technology nonprofit that is this a uh, Groundwork Group. Se- groundwork Group, yep, and it's it's still around. Um, I'm off the board now, uh, uh-huh. but um, was on it for a long, long time. Very uh-huh. proud of it, and it created technological solutions for other nonprofits.
2: And created board opportunities for other IT people. That's correct. That was one of the most interesting things about that model.
3: That's correct. Because, you know, if you look at the boards of nonprofits as well as Mm for-profits, they're typically doctors, lawyers, and Indian Mm -hmm. chiefs. But how many tech people are on it, right? Which CIO is on there? So we began to create an awareness Mm -hmm. within the community not only the nonprofit community, but the for-profit as well. Mm-hmm. That, you know, a CIO or a head of technology is somebody you want on your board. Because they're not only going to give you a technological perspective, they're going to give you a strategic perspective. Mm-hmm. And if you've got the right person on your board, they're going to understand business too. So that has been huge and that we were able to place many, many people, many, many executives onto the boards mm-hmm. of uh, nonprofits as well as some for-profits.
2: It's a great opportunity, just to divert a bit, on the topic of how do I become more effective and give back to my community and build a reputation. Hmm. So I am connected across the community, not just in the technology space, but also other business leaders. That board role, it just seems foundational. And I know I recommend to, because I do a lot of coaching with technology folks, engineers and IT people, that's one of my primary recommendations. If you want to be in the C-suite, you need to have a board role, because the perspective you gain is foundational to, beyond having an MBA, Hmm. sitting in in the driver's seat for an enterprise and really understanding the day-to-day challenges that the executive team faces that board opportunity really builds perspective.
3: Oh, it is. I agree. Because you typically, once a month, mm-hmm. sit in a room with a bunch of other high-end executives mm-hmm. and provide oversight to that organization's mm-hmm. financials, operations, mm-hmm. strategy, budget. Mm-hmm. So you are getting a bird's eye view. Not only are you providing your input, but you're learning. Mm-hmm. And you're learning a lot, usually.
2: I, I, I can say I've learned more by attending those meetings, I think, than I've given back, which <laughs> may be unfortunate. But it's one of the best places to learn. Yes. And the only place that I've found to learn at that level of how enterprises operate. Because this is what goes on in the back rooms. that You, you just can't get it from a case study,
4: mm-hmm.
2: no matter how good your MBA program is. That's,
3: that's absolutely right. And... Um, the camaraderie, mm-hmm. the other people that you meet as mm-hmm. part of that. You know, more and more nonprofits, uh, and I, I know the ones that I sit on, the boards I sit on, mm-hmm. we try to um, attract many high-end executives. So mm-hmm. the one board uh, that I'll talk about, uh, I won't say the name, but we have 22 executives. Wow. From companies the likes of Ernst & Young and... Hmm. KPMG and Nationwide Insurance and and these are just blockbuster companies and the people mm-hmm. that come there to represent those those organizations mm-hmm. are top rate. They're just top of the line kind of people. So there you are, you know, getting their perspective mm-hmm. as well. So so I think you know if you if you look at what we've been talking about from the beginning, it's it's all about diversity and mm-hmm. how you're able to put yourself in situations that are going to build you into something more than maybe you even ever thought you could be, and it's the it's it's many times uncomfortable. Um, I actually, you know, coming here to do this, uh, it's not my sweet spot. To you know, mm-hmm. I, I've got the right face for radio, but I mean, <laughs> it's not my not my sweet spot for. Uh, uh, standing up and, and, and talking so mm-hmm. I th- I'm a believer that put yourself in some situation that creates some discomfort mm-hmm. particularly if it is going to pay off for you in the long run because I know some people who will say you know I don't want to be part of the group you know I I, I just you know I, I don't want to spend time with people you know mm-hmm. and, and but that's so important and I think that's A lot of what I'm talking about is that it isn't just about knowing the tech. It isn't just Mm -hmm. about knowing the process and the strategy. It's about having an understanding of people
4: Mm -hmm.
3: and how to work with them, how to work through them.
2: You've mentioned several things that I would love to thread back into the conversation. One is that uh, thank you for trusting me enough to come into the studio and record and do something that's uncomfortable. Um, it was only a few months ago that I was doing it for the first time and absolutely terrified <laughs> uh, and my niece actually went with me to Phoenix to record the first show and, and sat and made faces at me the entire time to, to get me to, to lighten up. So I, I, I understand the discomfort and I also recognize as someone in the field of leadership development that we need to step out of our comfort zone to learn because it's the very stuff that we're not good at that we're trying to develop. And on our first show, we talked about actually my first outward bound trip to Costa Rica and and having several moments when I thought I was going to die. And then then I understood why they had us do a will before we left. (laughs) (laughs) I just assumed that was a formality. And as a person who is, is not... Uh, hasn't ever been a a big adventure, physical adventure person. Being out in the woods and climbing through bat caves and rappelling and and those kinds of things helped me learn about myself in a way I would never learn in a conference room or anything else. And so my assumption is you've stepped into a lot of places that were highly uncomfortable. And what do they say, you pull up the big girl panties and you just, you do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You, I'm sure there are other phrases that are probably way more appropriate. <laughs> but, yeah, you yeah, you acknowledge that it's going to be uncomfortable as you're walking in. Yeah. And, and then you do.
3: Yeah, I, I'm a big believer that as long as it's constructive, mm-hmm. um, discomfort builds growth. And it's teaching you to Um, maneuver Mm -hmm. in order to do things maybe you haven't done before. You know, this is not something I do every day, for Mm -hmm. instance, talking on a radio show. But it's a great experience that everybody Mm -hmm. should have and force themselves to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if you get that opportunity to do it, do it.
2: And board work and <clears throat> teaching. That's right. You mentioned integration, and it's interesting. Most people call that work-life balance, as if there's a th- one thing that I'm balancing with something else. And, and I like the idea that you talk about just integrating the multiple parts, the right part of the tapestry.
3: Right. It's no different than at work when we try to integrate all the processes mm-hmm. that are going on. To make mm-hmm. them if it's efficiency, right mm-hmm. we want to do so much in our life, but we only have so many hours. So if I can figure out a way to get payoff,
4: mm-hmm. say
3: from preparing a class
4: mm-hmm.
3: to myself, that's integration, and that's efficiency, mm-hmm. right so that means I don't have I, I can still be in front of people and teach them. I don't need to maybe take that training class and be away from the office for a week you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes away from mm-hmm. my family because it's, yeah. you know, on the other side of the country or mm-hmm. whatever.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So uh, you start thinking in those terms of how, you know, how I can do what I want to do
4: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, get more done. Yeah. The, uh, the thing about teaching, you know, that was something that's a great story and that... I came across that by accident. I was doing a project. I was working as a consultant years ago, and it was at a local university. And uh, the um, they had just hired the, the university, the head of a department, and we were doing a project for this whole school. But I mm-hmm. realized that this guy was brand new. He didn't know anybody. He was here from Oklahoma, just moved to the area. So I offered some friendship and -hmm. you know took him to lunch and showed him some of the area i remember the time him and his family were looking for a home and you know my heart goes out to people like that because you know imagine yourself being at a a, an area where you don't know very many people Mm -hmm. and um half jokingly one day i said hey if you ever need somebody to teach a class um let me know and Mm -hmm. uh He said, well, do you have a master's? And I said, yeah. And I said, okay, I'll remember that. So never gave it a second thought. It was about a month later, and Mm -hmm. I get this phone call. Mm -hmm. And he said, you'll never believe this, but one of my profs is not going to be able to teach. Mm -hmm. So I'm in a bind. It's a master's program class, Mm -hmm. and would you like to do it? And that was one of those days You talk about discomfort, Mm -hmm. you know, because the (laughs) one side of my, one side of my head was saying, you're not, you're not ready for this. Don't do it. There's no way Mm -hmm. you can't make that work. The other side of my head was going, when are you ever going to get a chance like this? Mm -hmm. So I said, sure. And, you know, thought, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? I'm doing them a favor, right? Mm -hmm by doing one class and you know what I didn't think I did that well at all I thought as a matter of fact I thought I could have done a lot better and of course I thought I wasn't going to I wasn't going to get the chance Mm -hmm. to do it better because um, I thought he would hear about it and say don't come back and so it was about two days after the last class and um, the phone rang Mm -hmm. and it was him and I thought uh oh this is it he's going to tell me never come back and he said you know I only have one thing to say and I said well what's that and he said what would you like to teach next quarter
4: (laughs) (laughs) isn't that great
2: I I love that because the first class I taught I swear I just wanted to hide behind the podium I was so afraid of the students Uh, clearly that's not the case now but it's we do put ourselves in those spots and hopefully the people in front of us don't recognize how uncomfortable we are feeling. So we're going to go to break. Um, this is, again, Maureen Metcalf and Angela Mizako. Innovative Leaders, Driving Thriving Organizations.
0: The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.
1: Metcalf and Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment.
3: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop.
0: Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: Okay, welcome back. This is Maureen Metcalf and Angela Mazzocco, and we're innovative leaders driving thriving organizations. Angela, if you would tell us a little bit more about CIO tomorrow, this coming year, and then I also want to focus on the fact that you went from CIO to CEO and then back to CIO. So, So following your growth trajectory and also your passion.
3: I will do that. Um, first, on the CIO tomorrow. So, we are um, about 15 years now uh-huh, that we've uh-huh. been doing it. And I remember in the second year that we did it, it was 2003, because the first year was 2002. And um, we actually had the CIO of Homeland Security. So, every year we bring in some rock star uh-huh. that is just very influential, very knowledgeable in, in our industry. Uh-huh and uh, this year is no different. We have uh, Ty Lee and Ty Lee um, is the CEO of SHI, Software House International. It's the largest value-added reseller today and um, uh, she is just phenomenal. She was just recently on Forbes' top 20 list for most powerful women based upon wealth Mm -hmm. um, in, in the United States. So, Um, Not only is she uh, running the largest woman-owned business in the U.S., but it's technologically based. And uh, I'm her client. So Mm -hmm. that's how I got to find out about her. And she's probably the best kept secret in the U.S. Because had I not seen the Forbes article, I would have never Mm -hmm. known.
2: You know, it's interesting, one of the themes I'm hearing, and this may lead into how you've changed roles and in industries, it, just this idea that you put yourself out there. Yeah. So somebody you, that you say, well, if you need somebody to teach a class, I, I think you said to me, if you want me to be on the radio show, I mean, it, there were so many offers, a, and people take you up on them. Well,
3: yeah, you, you can't believe the chance that you, you should take. Uh, for instance, when uh, Steve Cooper uh, was the... CIO at Homeland Security. I think he's now the CIO of the uh, Commerce Department. I I study people, and one thing I noticed about Steve Cooper, I mean, we all should have been interested in who he was Mm -hmm. and who he is because at that time, Homeland Security was so important to us. So Mm -hmm. who's this Mm -hmm. guy that's going to save us and keep us okay? Mm -hmm. And so I did a background check and found out that he went to Ohio Wesleyan University, which is right up the street here. So... On the basis of that, I called his Mm -hmm, office, mm -hmm. and what's crazy, right, this is 2002, um, his assistant answered Mm -hmm. and said, hold on, and I'm thinking, well, you know, the call's going to go to somebody else, and it was Steve. Hmm. And I said, Steve, I'm calling from Ohio, and he said, I'm I spent a lot of time in Ohio. and then, So the whole conversation became about where we were from and mm-hmm. um, how much he liked the area from when he went to college. And next thing you know, it's like, of course, I'll talk at your conference. So um, had I not taken that chance, but I think you do have to have some fact.
4: Yeah. You know, yeah. you do have to
3: do some homework. You know, it isn't like you just call somebody up and say, <laughs> you know, here, you, you yeah, have dude. to, you know, and, and just like, Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm a client, I'm not her mm-hmm. largest, I think Procter Gamble is, she, she talks about them mm-hmm. being her client, but um, I found out a lot about her, so that yeah. when I did get a chance yeah. to meet her, she knew that I had done serious work, yeah. and you know, that's the greatest part of flattery, right, mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. is that when somebody knows so much about mm-hmm. you, you're going to want to help them. Yeah.
2: So let's take a couple of minutes and talk about how did you move from CIO? I met you, Mm -hmm. gosh, years ago when you were a CIO of a fast growth company. Um, Then you moved into the CEO role shortly after that. And then back to CIO. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Well,
3: those were all done at different companies. I I enjoy working at companies and that are in industries right at the point in time that they truly embrace technology. So I've been mm-hmm. lucky enough to go through that. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be <clears throat> healthcare, which I'm in today, mm-hmm. uh, which, as we all know, uh, the healthcare has really embraced information technology. Mm-hmm. They've always mm-hmm. been tops in clinical technology, yeah, right. but information technology is, is like none other today. So, um, so that's the one thing from technology side the CIO side to the CEO side Mm -hmm. to or or president side to Mm -hmm. the back to the CIO side um, I I, I just saw it as a natural extension it Mm -hmm. was how do you convince somebody and I think it's once again, having the business knowledge mm-hmm. and understanding mm-hmm. and being able to talk that with someone who's willing to give you a chance. So the organization that I became president of, the, C, you know, the CEO, the, the owner of the company, was willing to take that chance mm-hmm. with me.
2: Mm-hmm. So again, the theme, and, and we're coming to closure, but there are so many themes I've heard. Um, I, I put myself out there. I have great relating skills, but I do my homework. It's not just I'm, you know, standing outside of a building somewhere stalking people. It's <laughs> willing willing to take chances and and be the learner, not the guy in charge. Right. So continuing to show up to CIO forums, even though you're probably the senior guy in the room and be, often.
3: Yeah, being willing to serve. And that's a big part of it.
2: So serving on boards, organizing these events. Again, you could have handed that off to a junior person long ago, and yet... You're still heavily involved.
3: Well, don't get me wrong. I get a lot of help.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So with that, um, I just want to say thank you so much, Angelo, for being here. Um, You've been a mentor to me, even though you may not know it. Um, And I just really appreciate our friendship and your willingness to step out of your comfort zone and take an hour out of your day to come and show up in a studio live and uh, talk to our listeners about your experiences in a way that is um, personal and from the heart, not a scripted conversation. So for listeners, I hope that you've heard something from Angela that is inspirational to you that you can take away and... Uh, Try yourself, whether it's joining a board or stepping out of your comfort zone or thinking about how do you integrate the different parts of your life to be more efficient in staying current and giving back. So this is Maureen Metcalf with Angelo Mazzocco on Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. If you have comments, please email me info at metcalf-associates.com. I'd love to hear your feedback, and I will respond directly and or read it on the air also. So thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you again for joining us this week.